And so we've been talking about exposing, exposing the enemy. And I want to continue on in this series this morning. But before I do, let's pray and just uh, again and just get our hearts ready. Father, speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You like that long prayer, right? Exposing the enemy. Uh, I want to I break out a couple of, of uh, scriptures, first of all, and, and then we'll jump off from there, okay? So let me take you to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11. It says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather ex- expose them. Now, we know that the devil is, uh, the, he is dark, isn't that right? And uh, the Bible talks about the, the rulers of darkness. And, and so what we're to do, we're to expose the enemy and his activity in our lives so that we can put a stop to him. Uh, we have no reason to be fearful of the devil. We have no reason to be fearful of the devil unless we give inroad into our lives and we open up the door to him coming in. Uh, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 2, verse 11, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not, are not ignorant of his devices. One of the ways that he takes advantage of our lives is because of ignorance. We're just unaware. We're not, a, we're not aware of his activity in our lives, and therefore he comes in and, and he, has, he has his way in our life. And so what we've been endeavoring to do in this series is to expose his, his, his activities in our life. And we've talked about during this series that, uh, that he has different names in the Bible. We, we know that uh, he's talked about in the Bible, and uh, we've heard the name Lucifer and Satan and the devil and different, different names. And I, I've alluded to, if you've been with us, that at certain times he, he puts on different hats. And he has, you know, one hat one time and then another hat another time. And, and then, uh, you know, just different hats at different times. And we started out talking about Lucifer and how, how he comes and attacks our lives in, in, in that character. And, uh, and we know that Lucifer, uh, one of the reasons he was kicked out of he- heaven is because of pride and selfishness. And so what he does to get in inroad into our life is he tries to influence us with pride and selfishness. And if he can influence our life with pride and selfishness, then he has opened the door uh, for his, him to be able to come into our lives and, and cause all kinds of problems. And, and then I want to take you to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27. And the Bible says, nor to give place to the devil. And so when we open the door, we're giving him place into our life. And so we can give him place through ignorance, just not being aware of what he's, what he's doing in our lives. We can give him place through uh, just uh, allowing him into our life when we know what he's doing and we still, we still cooperate with him when we walk in darkness ourselves and we open up the door that way. And, and there's a variety of different things. And, and, and so one of the things is pride and selfishness. We talked about that. And here's the thing about pride and selfishness. Every one of us deal with it on a daily basis. Every one of us deal with, we're tempted with pride and selfishness on a day, daily basis. And if you think you're not prideful or selfish or you don't deal with it, then uh, you're the one I'm talking to. You're the one, okay? Uh, because every one of us, have to, we have to 
be proactive in not participating with pride and selfishness in our life. And the devil will come in or, or Lucifer will come in and he'll try to influence us with pride and selfishness. And then last week we talked about how uh, he, uh, one of the names is Satan. His name is Satan and the word Satan means, uh, it means advocate. He, he's our adversary. I'm sorry, he's an adversary. And he's, he just comes out and attacks us in various ways. He comes at us and he just attacks our lives. Could be through sickness, could be through disease, it could be through other people. It could be through a variety of different ways where he just attacks our life. And we experience that. And that's pretty, it's pretty easy to identify the devil there. Although there are Christians out there that think that God sends some of these bad things into our life and say God's trying to teach us something. But we know that God's a good God. And that he doesn't come to kill, steal, and destroy. That it's the devil that comes to kill, steal, and destroy in our lives. And 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 then another way that the enemy comes uh, into our life, and he has his way into our life, and he attacks, is that uh, we just we just don't think he exists. And, and I, I shared with you a a research that was done by Barner Research that does all kinds of different research uh, uh, for a variety of different subjects. And, and according to them, they said 60% of people don't even believe, or excuse me, 60% of Christians don't even believe in the devil. And so if you don't believe in the devil, then he's probably having his way in your life in a variety of different ways. And uh, the devil's real as much as God is real. And, and so today what I want to do is I want to, I want to expose another aspect of the devil. And so we're going to look at exposing the devil today. We looked at Lucifer, we've looked at Satan, and today we're looking at the devil. It's all the same person, but just different hats. And, and so we're looking at the devil today. And, uh, and actually the word devil means uh, accuser of the brethren. He's out to do- destroy relationships. And he, he, if he can destroy a relationship, he's going to destroy a relationship. As a matter of fact, he's out to destroy four, at least four godly, God-giving, God-ordained, God-initiated relationships in our life if he can do, the, if he can do so. Number one is the, the relationship with God. If he can destroy our relationship with God, he, he, he will definitely do that. And a matter of fact, that's one of his greatest objectives is that if he can get there, he's definitely going to get into the rest of our relationships. Because I'm here to tell you, if you put the kingdom of God first, you put the things of God first, everything else seems, it seems to, it just seems to fall in place. And so the first one is, is, is God. And then the second one is uh, the relationship with marriage. And I'm telling you that marriage is under attack. The, the whole institution of marriage, I mean, it's, 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 we need to understand that marriage is a God thing. Yeah. God thing. And, and people are fearful of marriage. People are fearful of even getting married. And, and it's because of, of an attack of the, of the devil. And so we need to understand that marriage is a, is a God thing. Ephesians chapter 4, it's not going to be up there, but it says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. And so we need to understand that Christ is, I mean, he, uh, he actually uh, identified uh, the, uh, 
the institution of marriage with our relationship with God in, as, a, as the church and with, with him himself. And so it's very, very important. And then thirdly, the third relationship that he, he's uh, against and attacking all the time is, is that of the church. That of the church. And we'll kind of uh, uh, talk about some of these different relationships, but I'm here to tell you that there is an anti-church spirit out there that is trying to undermine, underestimate, to belittle, and, and suppress the church. Uh, thank God that the church is not being suppressed. The church is thriving. Amen? And by the way, if you're a believer, you are part of the church. And I'm not talking about just the body of Christ, but I'm talking about also the local church. The local church is vital. Uh, we need to be connected. Our, our, our connectiveness uh, to one another uh, helps us and strengthens us. It feeds us. And I use this uh, illustration in our growth track. By the way, today's step three in our growth track. If you want to get connected, I encourage you to jump into our growth track. Great way to do that. But I use this as an illustration in our growth track is that if you remove your arm off the rest of the body, the arm will eventually shrivel up and die. The body can live without the arm, but the arm cannot live without the body. And so, uh, and, and the reason is, is because God uh, made it that way. And I'm here to tell you that things die in our life when we're not connected to the, to the church. And the devil will attack us and try to get us disconnected from the church. And we'll talk about that a little later. And then, and then your relationship with authority. And I'm going to tell you that authority is being under attack. We have an officer, Matt, uh, uh, Lieutenant Matt, out there. You guys need to give him a high five and a thank you for, for serving, our, serving us. And, and I'm, I'm here to tell you, uh, we're so grateful for authority, not only in there, but authority in our home, uh, you know, our, just authority all around. There's an attack on authority. And we need to understand that the instigator of these different attacks against these various relationships is it is it is the devil. He's out to he's out to kill, steal, and destroy. And and so uh, if you want to look up that uh, that he's an accuser of the brethren in Revelation chapter twelve, you'll find it between verses nine and eleven. But I want to give you this statement here. And it's this, that God builds our lives upon relationships and our lives depend on them. We must have them in order to fulfill God's will. Now, we, we will live and we'll, we'll live out our life and, and we may have an okay life, a good life, and even a decent life. But I'm going to tell you, you may not fulfill God's will. Uh, you won't fulfill God's will if we allow the enemy, if we allow the devil to come in and attack those lives and separate us from these God-ordained uh, relationships in our life. Are you with me? And so what I want to do this morning is I'm, I've got a little bit of time to spend with you this morning. And what I want to do is I want to, I want to unfold... I want to unfold some things that I believe that will help us in uh, identifying the attacks of the enemy on our relationships. Some, some telltale signs that will identify those attacks. And, and, and so I know that you want to know because you want to identify them so that you can stop them. You need to, you need to see them and stop them. So that he doesn't come in and have his way. I don't know about you, but I don't want, I don't want the devil governing my life. I don't want him dictating me and, and telling me what I can do or can't do. 
or what should take place or shouldn't take place in my life. I want to put a stop to it. And so that's the whole, the whole reason for this series. And I've talked to a number of different people in just the two messages that we've, uh, we've given uh, in this series. It's already helped people to identify the enemy and stop the enemy from, from working in their life. And that is, that's the objective. I believe that God has great things for us. But I, be, I believe that we're, we're allowing the enemy to hold us back in a variety of different ways. Let me just say this. If you don't stop the attacks in your life, you're going to deal with those attacks ongoing. I don't know if it's probably good chances that uh, there's a number of people have uh, had, uh, gone through a divorce in, the, in this room. No condemnation to anybody, but you've dealt with it. And, and it's not something that you just close the chapter and you just move on. You just continue to deal with the crud. Crud, I said it, crud. I mean, it's, 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 it's a mess. And even, even especially if, where there's children involved, you still got to deal with the crud. I don't care if they're grown adults, you still got to deal with some crud. And it's because we allowed the attacks of the enemy to move in and dictate our life. And let me tell you, we don't, we don't have time on this earth to, to be messing with a bunch of stuff. Even if we live out our whole life, even if we live to be 120 years old, even if we live to be 100 years old, life is like a vapor here on this earth, and it's here and gone. Now, I'm a, I'm a young 55-year-old. But I got there very, very swiftly. It's like, how in the world did I get to 55 so fast? One day at a time. And they come and go every day very swiftly. Isn't that right? And, it, I, and for you that are a little bit younger, older, it happens. It seems like the older you get, the quicker they go. It really, really does. And so we don't have time to be messing with a bunch of stuff that the devil's throwing our way. We need to stop him. Have you ever stopped somebody that, you know, it just they'd started to cause some problems maybe in your life or in your family's life? Said, oh, we, we're not going there. You're not going you're, you're to involve me in your crud. We are stopping this right now. And we need to do the same with the devil. We need to stop him. We realize that he's, gonna, he's got an objective. If he can mess up our relationships, he's messed up our life. And, and, and let, me, let me prove it. If your relationships are good, then I'm going to tell you, especially your relationship with God and your, your godly relationships, if they are good, life is good, no matter if you have money or not. But I know a lot of people that have have money, and their relationships are horrible, and therefore their life is horrible. Because let me tell you what life is all about. It's not about the stuff. It's not about the money. It's not about, it's not about any of that. It is all about relationships. God created us for relationships, not for things. He, things we can have, we can enjoy. God's not opposed to that. But it's not the things that make us happy. It's not the things that bring fulfillment. It's not the things that satisfy. It is, it is our relationship with God and our relationships with one another that, that bring true fulfillment in our lives. Amen. Amen? Amen? Am I preaching to me or I'm preaching to all of us, okay? And so relationships are they're, they're crucial. 
And it's a wonder why the enemy is attacking them. Why? Because the enemy, he does not like anything that has anything to do with God. And so if, it's, if, 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 if marriage is important to God, then let me tell you what he's attacking. Marriage. marriage. If authority is important to God, guess what he's attacking? If, if church is important to God, guess what he's attacking? Some of you don't realize some of the attacks you're going through in the, in, in the, in the day that, uh, uh, that it's even to stop what it is that God's wanting to do in your life. Uh, my wife was sharing with me this morning. She says, it happened again. Last night when she put her head on the pillow, and she typically doesn't have a problem. When she hits the pillow, it usually takes me a little bit to get to sleep, but when she, her head hits the pillow, it's like, man, she's out. But on Saturday nights, she says, it is the craziest thing. And she says, I recognize that it's, it's an attack on, on me. She says, on Saturday night, she says, I have this anxiety come upon me. And then these thoughts come in. And they start, they'd start plaguing her until she puts a stop to it. She says, it seems like every Saturday night uh, that these, these attacks come. And some of you, it's like every day is, it's okay, but when you're getting ready from church, the arguments start. You know, some of you, it's like you have the toughest time getting up on Sunday mornings. Every morning, it's okay, you jump right out of bed. I know some of you are not a morning person. It's like, that is not true for me. But uh, for some of you, every morning but, uh, is, is easy, relatively easy getting up. But on Sunday morning, battle of the blankets. It's like a tough. And you don't realize it could be just an attack. And there's attacks that happen all the time regularly that are, that are from the, the enemy, from the devil. And so what I want to do is I want to identify some things, some, give some signs, some telltale signs that your relationships are being attacked by the devil. First of all, number one, when you struggle with thoughts of division, when you struggle with thoughts of division, that probably is an attack on your relationship from the devil. Let me give you... Uh, uh, you know, let me, let me give you 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. It says, But I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure, pure devotion to Christ. Notice here it says your minds. There's thoughts of division. There's thoughts. How do you think that the devil came in and he, he caused division between uh, Eve and, and God? It came in in the form of thoughts. And I'm going to tell you that you, you, you're, you're probably having to deal with thoughts all the time with division. We all get attacked. You need to start looking at it as an attack and not something that you entertain. It's something that you see as an attack, not something that you're to entertain and be thinking about. And let me tell you, the Bible tells us that we need to bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Why? We don't want to give room to the devil. We want to stop him. We need to understand that every thought that we have is not a God thought. And every thought that, I mean, we can have some of the craziest thoughts. Some of the craziest thoughts. You ever thought about just tackling somebody? 
Our worship pastor, uh, the other half of Vicky, uh, they're our worship pastors, but Bobby, he was up here one, uh, uh, one time, he's out today, but one time he, he was up here and he, he said he had the thought of tackling me up here <laughs> while I was preaching. Like, I understand that kind of, uh, that, those kinds of thoughts. It's like, where did that thought come from? Where in the world? You've had some thoughts. It's like, where, what in the world? You know, don't entertain those thoughts of division. Many times we'll get these thoughts that divide us and we, we entertain those things. And, and, and one of the things that I discovered, the more you think on something, the more it grows. And so it just grows and gets bigger and bigger and bigger. There was a friend of mine that I had this and it wasn't a thought that came necessarily through me. It was a thought that came through somebody else. And, and they said something to me. And I entertained that thought that was said. And so many times we will, we will uh, adopt thoughts that uh, are somebody else's thinking. And we take it as our thought. And we start thinking about it. Well, I began to think on it so much, so much about what he had told me about this other person that was a good friend of mine that it began to get into my heart, and I began to resent this guy. To the point that uh, one day when I saw him, I blew up on him. And I began to speak my mind and try to set him in his place. And he's like, man, I just hit him. He's like, where in the world did this come from? He didn't even realize there was a problem. I tell my wife, and and I'm telling all my leaders right now, when, when, when people think that there's a problem, whether there's a problem or not, there's a problem. We need to address it because the devil will come in and he will bring, he will bring these thoughts in and he will build his case and convince people that there's a problem, whether there's a problem or not. And we've got, we've got to put those problems to, to rest. And you know what it did? It divided that relationship for a good while. Now he's become a great pastor. He's pastoring and uh, ca- pastoring a, a church that has multiple campuses. Last I heard, I think he's around seventy five hundred uh, to ten thousand on a weekend. I, you know, I don't have the benefit to uh, our relationships decent. I could probably call him any time and he would talk to me. But it could have been a very close relationship, and it was divided because of a thought. Thoughts are seeds that grow into harvest. It causes division. Marriages end because somebody has entertained a thought. There was a thought of division that eventually ended up into a harvest of divorce. We need to realize that those are attacks of the devil. I could probably stop right here and, 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 and say, say enough. But uh, we want to we make sure that we're exposing him so that we can stop him from coming in and causing division in our relationships. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10 says this, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other. Now, just saying that sounds very easy. It's easier said than done. To live in harmony with each other. I don't care how long. My wife and I have been married 25 years, and there's some days that we're more in harmony than others. <laughs> ah, you know, we're singing together, and other times it's like, oh my gosh. But it goes on to say, 
let there be no divisions in the church. Rather, be how, how can we keep from that from happening? Be of one mind, united in thought and in purpose. We got, we've got to, we got to sync our thoughts up. How do we do that? How can we be united in thought and purpose when all of us are thinking according to the Word of God? Amen. This isn't my Bible. When we're thinking according to the Word of God. It's in there. It's in there. My Bible's in here. It's just electronic. Okay? And so we need to understand that. Okay? So number one, when we struggle, this we, we can identify that there's an attack when we struggle with thoughts of division. Number two, I want to give you this, when we struggle with feelings of disappointment. I love this. I love this because when Satan came in, when the devil came in initially in the first human, uh, the first relationships between Adam and Eve, uh, he said this. Now the serpent was more in Genesis three one and five through five. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord had made, and he said to the woman, "Has God indeed said that you shall?" Uh, not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, You shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. I looked up the word uh, disappointment in the dictionary, and it means a feeling of sadness or displeasure caused by a non-fulfillment of one's hopes or expectations. The devil began to appeal to Eve and tried to bring her to a place, and he succeeded, where she was disappointed with what she had because there was more, according to the devil, that she could have. I got to thinking about this. God's perfect, right? In him, there is no flaw. He is, he is absolute. When something's absolute, that means there's, there's no room for anything else. He is absolutely perfect. There's no sin in him. He's absolutely pure. And everything that God gives us is good. She had everything. She was already like God. The Bible says that we're created in his image. Devil lied to her. Isn't that true? But I'm going to tell you, he appealed to her feelings so that she would have a sense of disappointment so that she could act on what he was telling her. And I'm going to tell you that that happens in all of us, where, we, where the devil will come in and he will try to appeal to our feelings that's why we can't be led by our feelings. Sometimes we're going to feel like I say this. I've said this in the past. There's sometimes that I feel like I love my wife, and there's sometimes that I don't feel like I love my wife. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you what I do every day by choice. I love my wife because I don't care what my feelings say. They're they're not. There might be sometimes like I feel like worshiping God. There's sometimes I don't feel like worshiping God. But I worship God because I choose to worship God. Amen? Amen. And feelings can lie. And there's going to be... And the reason I say all this is because in every relationship, including with our relationship with God, there might be times where we're going to feel disappointed with that relationship. 
Some of you are going to feel disappointed that God didn't do something as quick as you wanted him to do or in the way that you wanted to do it and how he, you wanted him to do it. You're just going to feel disappointed. And I'm going to tell you how many people that I know have bailed in their relationship with God simply because they had this feeling of disappointment. That's an attack of the devil. He's appealing to your feelings. Specifically, your feelings of disappointment. We're going to have disappointment in our life. Get this, Ephesians chapter 1. It says, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. I love that. Be patient with one another, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. With peace. And I'm going to tell you, there's not any, anything, uh, you, you know, you can, do, you can do everything right and, and you're still going to disappoint somebody. Because of people's expectations. It's just going to happen. That's why we have to work together. That's why we have to understand uh, that we all have issues and that we all are in different places in our walks and lives and, and that God's at work. And, and if we're ever going to enjoy this life, because life is made up of relationships. It's not made up of the things that we get, the things that we have. It's all with relationships. It's all about relationships. Remember, I said that early on, earlier on. And if we're going to enjoy life, we're going to have to learn how to get along with each other and also go beyond any kind of feeling of dis- disappointment that we're going to have in our life because it's, there's going to be some attacks that the enemy is purposely going to be putting in our life so that we would be willing quickly to throw in the towel in that relationship. I remember before I got saved. I, now, some of you know my testimony. Goodness. Some of you know my testimony. And... Uh, and I, I was a bad alcoholic, did drugs, all that. I, I, don't, I was going to build on it, but I don't have time. But, uh, so I, I did that for 10 years. I worked for this place of employment. And for 10 years, I'm telling you, I went in. Uh, I, I'd stay up all night for days at times sometimes and, and, and partied. And then I'd go to work. And I was faithful employee. I went to work. I may have been half drunk. I probably smelled like a, beer, a brewery. And I, I mean, I did that all the time. Never did I get criticized. Never did I get brought to the carpet. Never did somebody come pull me in the office and say, that's got to stop. It never did happen. I was a great employee. I get saved. I get born again. God goes to work in my life. He delivers me from alcohol, drugs, nicotine, set me free. And, uh, and people automatically, immediately began to recognize the difference in my life. They started asking me. And so when they asked me, I just began to tell them, this is what happened. I met Jesus Christ. I, I had an encounter with him. I got filled with uh, and, and baptized with the Holy Spirit. He set me free. He liberated me. And I just would tell my story simply because they asked. It wasn't, it wasn't, I mean, long after that, that I was pulled into the carpet and said, you need to quit preaching to the customers. 
And it's like, are you kidding me? No, I didn't do that. I said, listen, I, I said, I didn't, I, I wasn't mean. I just said, listen, they're just asking me. I'm just telling. What do I tell them? I can't tell you. And, uh, and you know, what a disappointing thing. I did not get mad at that employer. I did not. I realized that it was just an attack of the enemy. And I say that to say this, is that if you, you work on you. You make sure that you have the right perspective. But I'm going to tell you, the devil's going to be working on other people against you. They're going to have feelings of, of disappointment to you, towards you. Do not get mad at them. Just forgive them. Be gentle. Be forgiving. Be loving. Make allowances for their, their shortcomings so that those relationships can continue on. Yep. Is that good? Okay, I, got, I need to move on, all right? Quickly. I'm just going to give you a couple, word, a couple more thoughts, and then I'm going to close. Uh, number three, uh, this is another telltale sign that you're struggling with an attack from the devil, is that when you struggle with words of discord, words of discord, Words that separate, words that criticize, just those words. Uh, uh, Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 says, These six things the Lord hates, yes, seven are abomination to him. And of those seven things, uh, verse 19 says, One who sows discord among, among the brethren. So we, gotta, we, gotta, we, we need to know that God hates when we sow discord. So just those little words. It, it just, I, I see them all the time being spoken. And you've got to watch that. Don't let those thoughts be, uh, be made into words that come out of your mouth. You're going to have some disappointment. Put that disappointment to rest so they don't come out in words. Because God hates those words. Words that separate. You got it? I, I would build on it. I'm out of time, so I'm not going to do it. All right. Uh, let me take you the last thought. Uh, when you struggle with temptations of disconnecting. Temptations of disconnecting. This is where the devil wants us. I used the illustration a while ago uh, that if he can get us to disconnect, then we will eventually shrivel up and die. He wants us disconnected from our uh, our relationships, uh, those God-ordained, redemptive relationships. Why? If he can get us away from those relationships, then we begin to suffer ourselves because we're lacking from those relationships the things that God intended for us to get from those relationships. Are you with me? Let me, let me read uh, Psalm 133, and then I'll end with this. Uh, verse 1, it says, Behold how good and pleasant it is, how pleasant it is, for brethren to dwell together in unity. Notice here how, how pleasant it is. It's a very pleasant thing. If you've ever been in strife with a relationship, it's not anything pleasant about it. But you've got to work at it. Because not only is it uh, you're dealing with uh, uh, somebody that they think differently, they're at a different place in the relationships, there's things going on in their life, uh, there's pressures that they may be dealing with that you're not dealing with, and you're, you're sifting through some of the stuff that they're going through. There's all of that, plus the attacks of the enemy on that relationship. Plus the attacks of the enemy on that relationship. And so you've got to deal with all them. And you gotta, you got to realize that there's going to be, if you don't watch it, you're, there's going to be a temptation to disconnect, and that's where the devil wants us to be. 
if he can get us to disconnect. So how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Get this. Verse 3 says this. It says, In this, for there the Lord commanded the blessings, life evermore. Notice here that the Lord has commanded his blessing upon unity. When we're connected, when we're walking together, when we're, when we're staying in, in unity in our relationships, that's where God commands his blessing. And then it closes it and it says life evermore. That word life in your notes, if you're following along, it's, it, means, it means health. You're just healthier. Statistically, there's secular, uh, there's secular uh, studies out there that people that go to church are engaged in church and active in church and have good marriages. They live longer. They're healthier. Health, healthy, happiness, prosperity, and vitality. That word vitality means energy, drive, fire, and passion. When our relationships are good, I tell you, we have a passion to do whatever God wants us to do. Amen? Amen? So I close with this. Let's, let's recognize the devil and let's stop him. We overcome him by the word of our testimony and the blood of the lamb. We use the word of God and we know that our redemption has been paid for. We stop him and we're a child of God now. Amen? And we, the Bible says that if we're submitted to God, then we can resist the devil and he will flee from us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you.